The Holy Gospel according to St. Mark, the ninth chapter. John said to Jesus, Teacher, we saw someone casting out demons in your name, and we tried to stop him because he was not following us. But Jesus said, Do not stop him. For no one who does a deed of power in my name will be able soon afterward to speak evil of me. Whoever is not against us is for us. For truly I tell you, whoever gives you a cup of water to drink because you bear the name of Christ will by no means lose the reward. If any of you put a stumbling block before one of these little ones who believe in me, it would be better for you if a great millstone were hung around your neck and you were thrown into the sea. If your hand causes you to stumble, cut it off. It is better for you to enter life maimed than to have two hands and go to hell, the unquenchable fire. And if your foot causes you to stumble, cut it off. It is better for you to enter life lame than to have two feet and to be thrown into hell. And if your eye causes you to stumble, tear it out. It is better for you to enter the kingdom of God with one eye than to have two eyes and to be thrown into hell, where the worm never dies and the fire is never quenched. For everyone will be salted with fire. Salt is good, but if salt has lost its saltiness, how can you season it? Have salt in yourselves and be at peace with one another. The Gospel of the Lord. You may be seated, and the children may come forward for a children's sermon. morning. How are you? Very good. I've got a question like I normally do for you guys. Is there anybody that you know that when you grow up you want to be like them? Yeah. You can just have it in your head if you want. Okay. You can have it in your head. Does anybody want to share? Yeah. Your dad. Oh, I get that. I understand that. Yeah. An astronaut. Cool. Anyone in particular? Yeah. Yeah? R2-D2. Yeah, he's cool. Cool. Yeah. Oh, your mom. Yeah. Your dad and your football coach. Very good. Now, I was like a lot of you. When I grew up, I wanted to be a lot like my dad. Now, how, uh, how do you become like somebody? How does that happen? It doesn't? Sometimes it does. Yeah, what do you think? Um, like, you have to ask if you want to be like that. Okay, so you got to ask yourself, okay, do I want to be like that? Let's say you say yes, then what? Then you do it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Yeah, pray a lot about it, right? That's definitely true. Now, tell me this. Now, my dad wears jeans a lot, 
they're kind of tight jeans. I don't like wearing tight jeans, but he wears uh, jeans a lot, and he wears steel toe boots, and then he wears a flannel in the winter. It's getting cold, so he wears a flannel, and then he wears this like baseball cap, but it's got ear flaps on it, and it's kind of weird. So let's say I wore all of that. Would I be like my dad? Well, I hear some yes and some no. Okay, so no's. Why aren't I like my dad? Yeah. Right. Yeah, he's got personalities and hobbies. Yeah, Amanda. Well, yeah, if you, like, if you, like, just dress like your dad, mm-hmm. um, it doesn't mean like, that Yeah, you have to act like him, right? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, you need that tide? We'll do that at the end, okay? Great. So, let's let's work on this again. Now, let's say I'm just wearing different clothes. I'm not wearing this because I wouldn't wear this outside, right? But uh, let's say I'm wearing what you normally see me wear. And let's say that, like my dad, I, I do a very good job in whatever I do. And like my dad, I pay real close attention to detail. And like my dad, I, uh, I work incredibly hard, not only for my family, but for those around me. And like my dad, I like to have a lot of fun when I'm working too. Now, now am I like my dad? No. <laughs> kind of yes, kind of no. Yeah, you kind of got it. How am I more like my dad? Yeah. Okay, uh, I, I would dress like him, and then I would also act like him. Yeah. Yeah, you would like, um, you would like, you're doing what he was doing, so that would be, and if you had some hobby, that would sort of feel like, like yeah, kind of closer and closer, closer. Yeah. And if you, and if you, and if you had like, if you had your dad's voice and somebody. Um, your voice back in, you wouldn't look like your dad. I know, I could have his voice, but I still wouldn't look like him, right? And, and, you, and you get your clothes like that, you wouldn't dress like him. That's, that's true. So it's, it's one of these tricky things where I can be like my dad without being exactly my dad, right? And the way that we follow God, the way that we follow Jesus, is we want to be exactly like Jesus. However, and this is important, God made each of you different, didn't he? Yeah. And so God wants to be who you are, each and every individual, each and every one of you. God wants you to be how you are, and at the same time, act like Jesus would act. Be like Jesus would be. Just like I want to be like my dad. I don't dress up like, you're not going to dress up like Jesus, are you? No. You're just going to wear normal clothes. But you're going to act like Jesus would act. And that's what Jesus is calling us to do today. Do you think you guys uh, want to act like Jesus acts? Sometimes. <laughs> It'll grow on you, believe me. All right. Would you like to... First we pray. Yeah. Can we pray? There we go. I'll pray for you. Lord, we give you thanks for the good... Uh, role models that we have in our life for the parents and the coaches and the friends that we want to be like when we grow up.
And at the same time, we give you thanks for Jesus, who teaches us, teaches us what it's like to be like you. Bring both of these into our hearts and make us and shape us into the people that you want us to be. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. Can you get Ava the sacks for us? Sense. Yep, I think Ava's going to get us for them. A good... In the name of Jesus, Amen. So, the disciples in today's text uh, have got themselves into a little hole, haven't they? Uh, they're, they're kind of debating what it is to follow Jesus, and uh, according to Jesus, they've got a slight misunderstanding. And I think, and I'm going to have to go back and explain all this just like I did last week, but I think that it boils down to our understanding of faith. Our understanding of faith. And as Lutherans, when I say faith, we have a lot to unpack, don't we? We have a lot to unpack. So, um, unlike uh, Lutherans over the centuries, in the next five to ten minutes, we're going to unpack all of what it means to be faithful in the Lutheran church. I'm just kidding, but we're going to try. Alright, so, a familiar phrase. Which way do we read? This way. Okay. A familiar phrase for Lutherans and it comes out of the Roman text, is um, we're justified by grace through faith. Does that sound familiar? Good. Well done to all your confirmation classes. Justified, justified by grace through faith. And so we're going to break down each one of those words. Justified. Alright? Justified by grace through faith. Justified. Justified, in a very quick and messy definition, is to be made right. To be made righteous. Uh, the akosune in the Greek uh, is both justice and righteousness in the same word. They weren't two different things. They were uh, to be made right with one another, to be made just with one another. And so, uh, when we say we're justified by grace through faith, I believe that that uh, justification, that righteousness, is whole, holistic. So we're not just made right between us and God, and that's a very important part, but we are also made right between one another. Our sin doesn't need to stand in the way of um, our relationship with God. There is grace and mercy, and God has chosen us and called us, and that is a wonderful gift. At the same time, God has chosen and called us uh, as a person who, as a God, who gives us that gift of love for one another. When love fills your heart, it doesn't do it one direction. It doesn't just, you love God, but nobody else. God fills your heart with love so that you might share it with your neighbor and with your God. All that's debatable, but that's a quick understanding of justification. To be made right, to be made whole with your God and your neighbor. Your neighbor. Justified by grace through faith. So grace. 
Now when I teach uh, First Communion class, we have a bunch of little uh, gifts, the three gifts that we uh, receive in communion, and grace is one of these. And when I talk about grace, it is a good and wonderful gift that you get without deserving it. Without deserving it. And so, um, I always give a story because I think uh, grace is best told in story. So uh, one example of a story of grace that I received uh, once was... When I was in high school, I did, was in every single opportunity and activity that I could possibly be in, which makes a high school student very, very tired. And uh, I had a book report due the next day. It was in a psychology class, so it wasn't hard. I just needed to get it done. And I couldn't keep my eyes open. And so one of my very good friends, Jesse Townsend, took my books and took my uh, uh, papers and pens and pencils and hid everything and it made me furious but I was too tired to be furious and so I laid down and I went to sleep and I got a nap and I woke up and it was way too late to finish the report and I was terrified and lo and behold uh, Jesse and Brad had done the report for me because they were both in my group and then I stood up there feeling very very foolish and very very grateful that not only was the report done but I had gotten rest I did not deserve the nap, and I did not deserve the grade, which was very good because they're both very smart. I didn't deserve any of that, but I was given it because they love me and they care for me. That would be, in story form, a show of grace. God gives us grace. God gives us naps and good grades when we don't deserve it. <laughs> and maybe not to that literal fashion, but God gives us life and love when we might not deserve it. At times when we definitely don't deserve it. But God gives us those things. We are made right with God and neighbor, and we are justified by a generous gift, by nothing that we deserve, through, what's that mechanism? Faith. Faith. And so when we get to this final word, justified by grace through faith, we think, well, at least we understand this one, right? <laughs> faith is that belief in, that thing, that, uh, that worldview that tells you that somehow you understand that what God will do will actually happen. It's a belief, right? My professor would always tell us in story about faith as uh, the father and the son. And so the father would, um, uh, they, they bought a ping pong table together, and the father would tell his son, uh, in five minutes, I'm going to stop working, I'm going to finish up here, and I'm going to come play ping pong with you. And so the child would run down the stairs, and uh, pretty soon you hear this, and he'd go chase the ball, and he'd go chase the ball. And why was this son all of a sudden playing with the ping pong paddle and the ball? Well, he was warming up because he knew that when his father said, I'm going to come play ping pong with you, that it would happen. Now, that seems pretty simple, right? Like, it's just, that's not a huge act of faith. That's just believing what your father says. Well, that would be faith, right? Simply believing what your God tells you. That is very, very difficult for us and God. But between a father and a son, it seems a little bit more manageable. So... In Lutheran understanding, we are made right with God and neighbor by a generous gift given to us from God. And what is that generous gift? 
How is that generous gift given? It is given simply through belief in our hearts that we might understand God's words, God's actions to happen in our lives. We have faith. But, and here's the big but, as Lutherans, we have an Achilles heel, and I believe that Achilles heel is seen here today in the gospel because we don't finish our sentences. We are justified by grace through faith, and the natural inclination should be to ask, faith in what? What do we have faith in? I believe that the disciples were answering this question incorrectly, and that's why Jesus corrected them. Um, the way that the disciples might answer that question, as we see together in the ninth chapter of Mark, is that we are justified by grace through faith in doing exactly what Jesus did. And in this children's sermon, this would be kind of dressing exactly like Jesus. Well, we're following Jesus, and we're acting like Jesus, and at least we're directly behind Jesus. And so whatever Jesus is doing, it must be right. And there's a certain amount of faith in there. But it's a limited faith, right? Because they don't really see how God can be anywhere else besides exactly where they are right now. And so exactly in this motion, exactly in this form, kind of exactly wearing these clothes, if you're going to be like Christ, that's how you be like Christ. Well, Jesus says no. There are many different ways that the kingdom of God is brought in, and there are many different ways that God works for us and with us and even outside of us. So, if someone's not against you, they're for you. For us today, our Achilles tendon as Lutherans is when we begin to not finish our sentences. And while we understand that uh, we are saved by grace through faith, if too often we don't finish that conversation, we don't have that conversation of faith in what, we begin to answer that kind of inside of ourselves. Now, we haven't done it much often, but uh, as any church congregation is bound to do, we can answer this in ways that seem silly. We are saved by grace through faith that having a fantastic choir will make the church grow. Well, that's not inaccurate, but that is also not the only way that the gospel is spread. We are saved by grace through faith in a God that's merciful. Well, that's true. But God is more holistic than that. God hits more than just your sin, right? Because God is in relationship with us and with our neighbor. So we are saved by grace through God, through faith in a God who is inspired and working towards justice. And that's true too. But it's not all of God. Because if we only are worried about justice, then we might forget incredibly about God's relationship between us, between our neighbors. When we say we're saved by grace through, we are, oh man, I, got, I already did this once today, you know, like you just, you keep rattling off. When we say that we're justified by grace through faith, we need to finish it with, in God. We are justified by grace through faith in God. Because God is a broad enough, big enough topic to encompass all that God is. It's not very useful, but it's broad enough. Because God will take us from before Genesis to after Revelation. God will take us throughout the entirety of what humanity has experienced between humans and God. 
that understanding of God will take us through the creation and through the exodus and through the judges and through the kings and through the prophets and through the exile and through the second temple and through the coming of Christ and through the acts of the apostles and through the coming of the Spirit. Through the, through the writing of the Nicene Creed, through the monastic movement, through the Reformation, through the Protestant movement, through now. An understanding of God a rootedness in God will bring us to a point when we say that we are justified by grace through faith. It is in a God that is ever-present. We always hear the phrase who was and is and is to come. The promises are in what God has done. And in a Christian environment, we always remember the future, right? We remember what Christ did here on earth and we recall that Christ will come again. And through faith we believe it. And so where does that leave us? Well, as good Lutherans, it leaves us with homework, right? Well, we started with confirmation, one with confirmation. I'm giving you homework. Here, in this next week or month or year, however long it takes you, I want you to look for two things. I want you to look for where the church, and that's not this church, that's the church, where the church is finishing their sentences well. Where we are really doing that understanding, that work, where we are living out our calling of being justified by grace through faith in God. Where as people together in community, we are representing the wholeness of God as best we can. We are representing the mercy. We are representing the love. We are representing the very hard call. We are representing the love that binds us to God and neighbor, that binds us to creation and justice, where we are doing all those things. Look for those places. Take note, and then let each other know. Let me know. It makes very good sermon fodder. Let me know. <laughs> But then also, look for the places where we do not finish the sentence very well. Look for the places where we have misunderstood what we have faith in. Whether we have abbreviated part of God, or whether we have misunderstood what God to be. Maybe we're justified by grace through faith in some activity that we do, or justified by grace through faith in some single part of God, but not the whole understanding. And take note, and tell me, Tell one another. Because, just as Jesus did for his disciples, when we bring this to light, we begin to see both our shortcomings and God's grace in the midst of these things. This articulation is how our church grows. This understanding of what we do well and poorly, badly, is how, together, we are honed iron by iron into the people God makes us to be. We don't dress up like our fathers. We don't dress up like our father. But we do act like him. God be with you. Amen.